Sex is the life force energy that runs through us all. The link between sex, creativity, and the sense of aliveness is strong. Can you use sexual energy for your spiritual evolution? Or perhaps for emotional healing? Is it even possible? Clinical sexologist Dr. Martha Tara Lee will explore all these and more on the Eros Evolution Show here on Ohm Times Radio and TV. Hello, hello, and welcome to Eros Evolution. My name is Martha. I'm the host for this show. And today's episode is uh, titled Mother's Day, The Heart of Mothers. And uh, it's not Mother's Day exactly here. However, we wanted to just record this and uh, then uh, we share it uh, closer to Mother's Day as well. As well. So uh, in this episode, I've invited two of my friends, uh, confidence coach uh, Carol Gockel and uh, fulfillment coach uh, Felicia Tan to share about their motherhood journey. So what is it like being mo modern day mothers and what are some challenges? How do they cope? How do they navigate their romantic and sexual relationship? Uh, so yeah, a little bit about Carol's, uh, Carol Wave. <laughs> so Carol Hi. is... A Carol is a confidence coach and change maker. She helps women unleash their inner goddess through her coaching blueprint. She's a NLP trainer with the American Board of Neuro Linguistic Programming as well as certified style coach with Style Coaching Institute uh, London. So she was recognized as one of 100 faces of international iconic influences by Aesthetic International in India, Singapore and London in 2019. Uh, Carol was the only Singaporean to be chosen to co-author the book Breakthrough with World's Number One Motivational Speaker, Les Brown. So you can find Carol at Carol, that's uh, C-O-R-O-L, Gokkel, G-O-C-K-E-L.com, and also Carol Gokkel on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn. Okay, so now uh, moving to Felicia. So uh, Felicia, wave. <laughs> Hi, good morning. Okay, so Felicia uh, is a fulfillment coach and speaker. She started a blog with the intention of sharing her baby journey back in 2007. Along the way, she had miscarriage twice, lost three angel baby boys, a second pregnancy being a twin, and uh, gone on to publish three books uh, to baby with love, lost and found, a gift from heaven, with the latest book being about her newborn. And also on this journey, she found a new faith, accepted Christ, and God showed her that he has a way for her. So now she has a rainbow baby called uh titus 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 low titus uh conceived naturally after 10 years of marriage so you can find felicia at feliciajourney.com and also on facebook feliciajourney.com uh and link tree felicia designer okay so let's uh start off by um both of you talking a little bit about uh your your motherhood journey maybe start with felicia first Hi, good morning once again. I'm Felicia. So uh, as what Dr. Martha has shared, I actually miscarried uh, way back in 2011. And that was after getting married for like a few years then. And I went for IVF because it seems like, you know, I don't have a child there. And then after a few years of trying. So I was thankful on the first IVF, I actually conceived. And that's how, uh, of course, we are excited, anticipating for the newborn. Who knows, you know, things didn't happen as what we had planned for. So instead of a whole, carrying a baby on hand, we actually um, had a miscarriage at 23 weeks. So I was rushed to A&E and unfortunately the water bike burst. Um, the baby boy couldn't survive. Lah. So a few months down the road again, I went through IVF route and this time I conceived twins, twin boy as well. 
So we thought, okay, you know, this is it. You know, we, we will have the babies uh, and then we start planning for everything. And who knows, again, things happen at 21 week. Um, uh, we had a stitch called cervical clutch. We had a stitch hoping to hold the twins. But unfortunately, again, the stitch torn and I was rushed to A&E again. And obviously, we've been told the sad news again. So uh, I miscarried then and then you know the question is always what's next ah? what had happened why me what's next what have i done wrong how can i um do things differently would i ever be a mom so that's where of course i took a two-year break and obviously in the process i also accepted christ and thereafter uh, i conceived um naturally quite uh quite a miracle lah, given the fact that I was trying IVF all this while because I couldn't conceive naturally then who knows the next moment I conceived naturally and I welcome my baby boy Titus uh, despite he was being born premature at 35 weeks so now he's healthy and bouncing and coming to seven years old now <laughs> that's for me thank you Felicia I I remember how devastating it was um, and I really didn't understand it. I didn't have the maturity then to understand. Uh, so, so yeah, before we move to Carol, I just have this question of asking like, um, what made you so determined to have your own biological child? A lot of people will, would have given up. Yeah, somehow I just believe I will definitely have my own child somehow. Like, I don't know. I don't know how or when is it going to happen. The question is just how long do I have to wait? Like? So uh, thankfully, like, I have the faith to keep me going as well. And also, likewise, I, I realize uh, if, if there's something that you want badly, um, why shouldn't we be fighting it for? Right? If it is mm -hmm. other dreams or goal that you have, I think we want to fight for. At, at that time, at that moment, I think I still so-called young enough that I can try and still able to. So it's like, why not? I don't want to live life to regrets later. Thank you so much. So how about yourself, Carol? Hi. Hi. Um, well, first and foremost, thank you for inviting me onto the show, Martha. And, you know, Felicia, I, I, when I'm hearing your story, you know, you really, really, um, I, I feel for you, you know, motherhood is, it's um, rewarding, but it's also quite difficult. Well, um, a little bit about my, my motherhood journey. Um, well, I, I actually went through 13 years of abusive marriage. That was my first marriage. So throughout that first marriage, I, I, I didn't have any kids with my ex-husband. Uh, not that I didn't want to be a mom. I had wanted to. And then for me, right, growing up, I had motherhood has always been on the cards. Right? You know, it's like, you know, you you the whole teaching that I received from home was okay, well, you you study hard, you know, get yourself a good job, find yourself a great man, you get married, and then you know, so that he can take care of you, and then you start a family, you be a mom, and that is your life. Basically, that was what I have been taught. So I had this grandual idea of what being mother is about. You know, this whole idea about I will be this stay-at-home mom, I will be the caring mom, I will be this, I will be like a homemaker like my mom. I literally mirror, wanted to mirror myself and, and be like my mother, being nurturing and all. And throughout that marriage, my ex-husband didn't want to have any children, you know. And it was quite funny because before marriage, we, we talked about having kids. Right, it's just definitely down the pipeline. So you know, we're still young because when I got married, I was only twenty-two years old. So we're still young. We can, we can wait. And then all this, this waiting, it, it turned out to be a whole ten years. 
and when when he decided to to leave he told me that something that really really broke me and kind of like damaged my whole idea of, uh, of what becoming a mom is all about he told me i didn't want to have any kids with you because you are stupid he had called me all sorts of names during that that entire abusive relationship abusive marriage and he said that you know because you you are not um highly as highly educated as i i was he was very very highly educated and so i don't want you to give birth to stupid children and then you must just just keep your stupid to yourself so that damaged me and it took me a long time to to really to heal myself find myself again to fall in love again and when my current husband said that he wanted to have many many children i was i was afraid i was afraid that i would not be able to live up to to this high extent that i put on my mom you know i don't think i can be my mom because this whole narrative was in my head that I, i'm not going to be a good mother so um when i found out i was pregnant it wasn't planned you know it was a blessing because i i got pregnant pregnant just uh, about 3 weeks before my wedding day so you know i decided, we decided to keep the baby so it came as a surprise i i didn't expect because i wanted to maybe just get married for for about a year then i really start to go through my entire thought process before having children and she came my my, my daughter came at a, at a time so there was some kind of a resentment as well as like why are you here you know i'm i'm just newly married i i have this grand plan for my honeymoon I can't go on the honeymoon anymore. So that was this and then after the immediate I felt guilty. You know, it's not her fault, you know. So so during throughout the whole pregnancy I was I was going through this whole emotional turmoil wondering am I going to be a good mother? You know, I have this resentment towards her. She's going to hate me. You know, how am I going to relate to my child? I have never held a baby. I don't know what to do. So all this fear carried me throughout the entire pregnancy and same thing when I first gave birth to her, I didn't know what to do as a mom. and of course you know there's no manual being coming a mom and uh, i learned along the way i i learned through through in fact through my children i i learned how to love myself and know, know how to fill my cup in order to give them the love that i that i want and what it has changed for me was i realized that i am my own woman I, i'm not my mom i'm not i i don't have to measure up against any benchmark i put forward for myself yeah motherhood is my own uh, personal journey yeah so that's me <laughs> Thank you so much. It's so beautifully said. So both of you have uh, different backgrounds, and both of you have become mothers. Uh, so I know Felicia has one, and Carol has two. So how has uh, motherhood changed uh, who you are as a person? Um, yeah, I know Carol. You already started to talk about that. Yeah. How how has it uh, really changed you? You know, because I have I have not not been a mother. I look at my mother. and i was such a bad daughter i'm i'm so glad that i matured and had some remnants of uh, expression and love and gratitude you know before she passed on otherwise i would have been so regret regretful but um as as mothers it's really pretty thankless isn't it so do, do you regret do you regret how has motherhood changed you oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, um Well, I actually relate to what you had just said because I haven't been a good daughter myself. Even till now, sometimes I still argue with my mom. And I, what as cliche as it may sound, right? I've learned how to appreciate my mom better. That I realized, like, oh, you know, you know, sometimes all these like little fights that we have. My mom have this all these flashbacks. She said, "Wait till you have kids, then you know, yeah. you know what they are doing to me." So. Yeah, and I had flashbacks. I tell her like, "Mom, yeah, indeed, you know, now, now my kids are like driving me up the wall." So I know I haven't been a good one. 
So I guess this is this is payback for me. <laughs> Did being a mother make you a better daughter? Uh, yeah, it made me appreciate my mother a lot more, and uh, also you know uh, a lot of gratitude. Sometimes I I realize that it is actually a kind of a a cycle. You know, it just this, I am sure that this whole cycle is going to be passed down to my daughter, to her daughter as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I I do my the best. And what has it changed me? Well, I guess it's also another thing is uh, I am more fearful about dying. <laughs> yeah, probably not a very good subject to talk about early in the morning. It's like you know I I want to make sure that they are they are well taken care of. So I'm afraid that if I were to were to leave now, who's going to take care of them? They're still very young. Yeah, so that that has changed. What about you, Felicia? Yeah. Uh, for me, definitely yes. Uh, it has changed the outlook, as in, uh, it made us appreciate all the little things. I mean, with a young boy, he's like, you know, look at the flowers, look at the sun, look at the sky, the counting. So it forced us to slow down in our daily, even daily routines and stuff like that. And uh, yes, of course, you you understand what your mother is going through. It's like sometimes you're just rushing. Then you want your boy to be, you know, as fast as possible. So then you realize he's not helping. And your, you know, your anger, your temper wants to flare already. So it also forces you to check, check, check in on things. Is it you or is it him or, you know, or the timing or whatsoever. So there's a lot of all this uh, reading, thought through process. But of course, having said so, after all this, uh, I'm still thankful to be a mom. La. But uh, I also learned to uh, share or appreciate him more and to really say love him more. So I make it a point to say it every day. Because being Asian, we don't do that frankly, right? You don't say you love your mom or your mom don't say that to you. So I try to do it daily with him. So I hugged him, I told him I loved him, stuff like that. So that he know he's being appreciated. Because yeah, there are times we are, we flame. Uh, so they will start questioning, is it that you don't love me or stuff like that. So that's why I, I try to tell him to reassure him again and again to know, hey, we are doing this or we are angry with you because we love you very much. That's why we are angry with you of all these things that you do. So that he understands where are we coming from as well. So that he knows why, why are we doing this? And it is for his sake that he may or may not understand now. But at least we try to put it across and explain to him. So I try to, I try, try to explain to him more and to see, let him know where are we coming from so that he can appreciate better as well. Because often we realize after we talk it through, of course, our being a seven-year boy, his thought process is obviously different. He was looking at this perspective, we are looking at this perspective, the kind of thing. So it makes a whole big deal when we communicate across and he sees your point in that sense. Despite he might or might not understand, but we try to break it down to him. So that's where I, I realized it's really a lot on the communication part for mm. us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, as, as you are saying, you know, having all this recording of what's happening in my life with my children. And one thing that's for sure that having kids uh, make me more of an organized person. Prior to that, you know, life, it's just like that. You know, uh, on the weekday, you wake up, you go to work, and then you have social life. And on the weekend, you can stay in, you can sleep in, you can... You can be in a pajamas the whole day or you can have like a movie marathon the whole day and, and, and don't go out. But then having kids, right, that, that change... Uh, you know, I have to be precise, you know, and it com- changed me differently. I, mean, I became a bit more organized um, to the extent that my, my husband sometimes said, you're running the household, right? Like like a, a military camp. But you have to, right? Because, you know, you need to make sure that they, little people, <laughs> right? They, they need to be told what to do. Then they need to have a certain structure so that they can take instruction well. 
then there's like time for school, time to go for bed, time to feed them so that, you know, they don't go hungry, they don't come and fast. And yeah, so we're just trying very hard to keep them alive, you know, do that and not to lose my mind. <laughs> I have to be more organized than I, than, I, than I was. You know, I was more like a, you know, more free flow kind of person prior to having kids. Then I realized I'm, I'm a bit different. And sometimes, yeah, and all the heartache, you know, the kids come, back, come turn around and say like, you are not doing this for me. And it actually hurt. And there's a, a lot of times I would break down in front of my children. You know, I, I would totally lose my shit. Okay, just to be very frank here. This is motherhood. I was like, shut up! Just eat your meal! Yes. And then after that, I'll tell them, and look, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not God. I, I, I have emotions. Right? I get frustrated. And it's okay to have emotions. Just to let you know your mom is human also. So I'm more able to control my feelings and also to explain to them about how to manage our emotions. Sometimes they come to me and say, Mom, chill, chill, you go, you breathe. They can see that I'm, I'm going to fly out. And then they were like, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do this and I'll, I'll go do my chores. I'll go put my clothes in the laundry basket. That kind of thing. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I like it that you, you, you tell them that you're not perfect. Uh, do, they, do you ever apologize to them and say sorry? Yes, I do. I do. Yeah, that's one thing that my parents have never done in my whole yeah, life. Okay. They have Your never apologized. Yeah, my, my parents would never have done it. And then they will show you things like, you know, they will try to make it up by me being nice to you, giving you food and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, I can't stand yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is, you know, it's just, I guess I wanted to break that chain because it's like, it's a very Asian thing. Asian For Asian parents, we, we don't, my parents don't touch, they don't, they don't hug. So I never had that closeness with them, you know, bodily contact. I never had that. And I guess it's, it's an advantage now because I'm married to a German, being a European. So we are all very much you know, into like movement, into, into hugging. And my mom is more prone to hugging right now. And she will come and automatically hug us. So yeah, you know, all this body contact. And uh, I also want to break the chain about, um, you know, communication is very important. Because a lot of the things I, um, when I was growing up, you know, I, I don't know about you, Felicia. I mean, I, 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 you know, please do jump in. You know, um, that things like about relationship, uh, things about you know our, our own personal body image, uh, the topics about sex. I, I don't learn all of that from my parents. I learn it from my friends. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, different things, and you know what really changed was yeah, not being my mom as I mentioned, and the thing that you know, trying to carve out my 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 own my own journey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so speaking I, about relationship also, um, it starts young lah. Now my boy also telling me that girl looks cute, this girl look pretty. I was like, you're here for school. What are you thinking of? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I think it also helps to to for us. Our like we are somehow forced lah, forced to to share with them as well as early, even when they start to hear from friends. So that's where I I see the difference as well. And also learning, like learning how to communicate that to, to, to him and even to let him understand what is the so-called like, do's and don'ts, that kind of thing. So that's where, yes, I do see that as well. So so I want to ask you, Felicia, because it sounds like you spend quite a lot of time explaining things. But when your boy was younger, do you think your boy understood and, you know, like... I think it comes in Yeah, it comes in to me. 
so normally, uh, of course, even after the daddy scolds him or whatsoever, I'll, I'll ask him, do you know why daddy scolds you? Because you did that kind of thing. So I'll explain to him in that sense or uh, why I say I could I don't allow you to do this because, you know, that's why I'll explain to him as well. But I also realize because when he's in the state of anger, emotional, obviously, like, whatever you say, it doesn't get to him. So I have to wait for him to, you know, uh, to, to be calm down, to be at peace before I start explaining. And that's where he can understand. So from time to time, I will sometimes relate back again. Remember that day you were this, 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 this. That's why, you know. So do you want such things to repeat again? Things like that. Then he will sort of remember and know lah, what is up at hand. Lah. So that's always the, the, the re- reminding and then subsequently telling me, okay, this is the two route. Of course, there are times whereby we will give him the options. So, hey, you can choose this or this, which one? So if you choose this, this is the result. If you choose this, this is the result. And then, you know, he can make a choice. Lah, and then he know what, what is he getting into. So I think it helps him in terms of decision making as well. And also because me and my husband, we are quite determined to train him to be the more independent boy. <laughs> so we'll be like trying always to train him to, to, be, to be independent and being a boy, la, we know he has to go army, he has to toughen up. So we'll be prepping him along the way as well. Yeah. Okay, so I, I love what you are saying so far. So I want to summarize it a little bit. I'm hearing both of you are, you know, trying to do a better job than our moms and uh, breaking the chain. Uh, both of you um, being more open to saying love, having body contact, being willing to say story, and especially for Felicia, like explaining things, communication. Like these are some of the things that uh, our parents didn't really do. Um, just tell us to just shut up and listen. So I'm, I'm curious, uh, this is maybe a stupid question, but uh, anyway, I'm just going to ask it. Do you threaten your kids when they don't eat? Think of the kids in Africa. Do you all use that stupid line? Uh, well, no, I, I don't, but I, I do reason. I think, um, well, when they were younger, they didn't know, but we, we had an opportunity to, to visit uh, Cambodia and uh, they, they, they had a chance to witness uh, kids, you know, uh, who are in, un, under the, well, actually quite uh, impoverished, uh, running around in, in the temples and trying to also to, to sell like, little crafts and drinks you know, to, to, to make ends meet. So I asked them, you know, how do you feel looking at all these children, you know? And they're like, well, you know, they, they don't really have uh, clean clothes and then they don't have shoes. I, I pity them. This is what the, my kids feedback. And I say, yeah, you have to understand that uh, yeah, we are very, very lucky. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I, I try not to, you know, try to reason with them in, in, in that way or threaten, but I do threaten them sometimes with other things, right? So do this or else I'm going to take away this toy. But the, the thing is for them to understand. And I really, really agree with what Felicia I said earlier about communicating um, because I, I, I never really had that communication, open uh, communication with my parents growing up. It's always like you do this or else, you know. So it's, it's, it's very, very tough for me to, to break that. I, I, still, I still go back to that, but that was what I know. And I, I, open, I encourage a lot of open communication with my kids. It's like, you know, if anything you, you want to know, please come and ask me then I will promise to be as honest as I can towards you. Yeah. How about how about you, Felicia? Do you threaten your kids to finish their food or else? Your kids, uh, sorry, your kid, one kid. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't, don't refer them to the African children. Uh, but what I normally say is like, Papa, you know, work hard to put plate rice la, on the table. The least you should do is appreciate. La. 
So that's where I share with him where does we come from like in our context. But of course, yeah, there are times whereby he see the TV there and then that's where I share. You see, these people don't have food, you know. So to let him appreciate that, what is he blessed with? So that, yes, we can be blessed to be a blessing as well. So of course, yes, I do ask him if any toys you don't want, you can always, you know, bless others because there are other who don't have the luxury to the kind of toys. Uh. So he knows that he can, you know, bless someone as well in return. Yeah, I, I, um, I, um, I, I think we are very fortunate to live in Singapore to be economically uh, prosperous and a stable country, um, and uh, yet uh, I feel this uh, threatening kids, right? Uh, think of kids in Africa, which I kept hearing of. Like, how does me not eating help the kids in Africa? I couldn't see the link. And then the next thing is they say, like, uh, you better finish all your uh, rice. Otherwise, your husband will have a lot of pimples. Have you heard that saying? <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, so this yes. is another Asian thing. Uh, I think all these uh, actually really did a number on me because um, uh, to this date, uh, even now, uh, uh, mm -hmm. at the right age of 40 plus, uh, even though I look 28, um, <laughs> I still finish every little grain of rice that I have because... Uh, it's so programmed onto me that it's a waste, and um, then then that's this tendency to overeat. So I really think um, it's it's not beneficial. So I'm I'm glad to hear that you all don't force your kid, but you just bring it to their awareness. And um, there's no there's no like one perfect way of parenting a child. I think all parents are just doing their best and trying to figure things out. Uh, so yeah, I really like hearing your stories. <laughs> so it's it's uh, it's great to hear. Um, how especially for felicia like you're saying you really spend time to get your reason with your child explain things and uh want your child to be independent and for carol i i see this vulnerability in you like being able to just share how you're feeling with your child children uh openly so that's great so uh, we have a commercial break when we come back i really want to hear like what advice you have for parents out there uh moms and fathers and also how being a mother has affected your sexuality so yeah we'll be back after this break Om times tv imagine becoming a super influencer reinvent yourself invest in your brand and then manifest your success with a robust spheric approach Ohm Times Media and Broadcasting offers a unique and multifaceted way to become the spiritual and conscious influencer you deserve to be by putting your message across our powerful platform with its proven record of integrity and excellence. Through our produced shows, Ohm Times offers the opportunity to become a social media TV personality, a radio show host, an Ohm Times Magazine columnist, and a syndicated podcaster, all in one shot. By live streaming your show on Ohm Times TV and broadcasting it across the extensive Ohm Times radio and TV networks, you become more than a host. You become an ambassador and a force for positive change. Ohm Times, open yourself to the possibilities. If I could be you, and you could be me for just one hour. If we could find a way to get inside each other's minds. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Well, before you abuse, 
criticize and accuse Walk a mile in my shoes Hello, hello, we're back after the break. Today we are doing a very special Mother's Day special. And uh, today's episode is called The Heart of Mothers. And uh, just now before the break, uh, Carol Gockle and uh, Felicia Tan shared with us their motherhood journey and uh, how motherhood has uh, changed them as people and how uh, shared some tips around how they relate with their children. So, so yeah, I just want to do a shout out once again. Uh, that's Carol Gockle. That's Carol, uh, G-E. G-O-C-K-E-L.com on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. And uh, FeliciaJourney.com and also Felicia Journey on Facebook. So so yeah, so I wanna I wanna know about your uh how how being mothers affected your sexuality and whether you know many years on is it still affecting your sexuality? Felicia. So I think initially, obviously, you you don't have the move to do anything like, because I'm breastfeeding back then. So yeah, like just uh, every day is the same day. Uh, it really affects in terms of be it your self-confidence, your body image, everything. Because yeah, like always in your t-shirt shorts, you you probably smell milk every day. <laughs> You're just carrying your child every day, baby. Uh, so yeah, so we wasn't in the mood of anything. So, which I did tell him as well. So, he was like, he was accepting it. Like, he was accepting it because I was just focusing on the child and also being premature. Everything is on him. So, we are in somewhat stressed up as well. So, we want to take care of his well-being and also his health as well to really nurse him in that sense. So, we kept it there and then. And then, of course, subsequently when he was better, then we felt like, okay, it's easier for us to manage. Okay. So, that's where I think we, we took a backstage obviously uh, being also our first precious child we were very worried as well so that's where we were talking about his well-being and you know can he even survive through the counting also being premature la. so there's a lot of uncertainty and that's where we we manage la. subsequently we are better than we thought okay we we, are, we feel all right to you know to look at it in, again and stuff like that so that was a transition period that i realized as well so it takes time and also depending on each individual couple pace and also managing the baby with the newborn, not knowing what to expect. The new norm la, is really the new norm, right? Suddenly we are thrown into a new norm. We don't know how to cope. Everybody is coping it differently. So that's where we, we, we realize, okay, let's let's chill and then, you know, uh, go along the way. Yeah. That's for me. Well, yeah, for me, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it was the same for, for, for me. Um, in fact, you know, a month after giving birth to my daughter, my husband and I moved to Germany. So over there, uh, I would say that, you know, learning about motherhood as a first-time mom has taken a toll on the both of us in trying to adopt to uh, adapt to new life in, in Germany. But we were lucky we had help. So my, my mother-in-law would come by uh, to, to our apartment once a week to help me to babysit so I can get some sleep. So with, with that rest, I was able to be able to function a little bit normal again. And we had the luxury of putting my daughter with my in-laws on the weekend. So we have time together as a, as a couple, you know, to, to have sex, to, to be intimate, to try to, you know, to, to get into a, a, a norm. But the mindset, and I totally agree with Felicia, the mindset wasn't that. It's like, you know, there's so many different things going on around on, on the back of my head. 
aspect like household chores, you know, what is the baby fat? Is she sleeping? Why is she, you know, what if I'm too loud? You know, or will, will she wake up? Things, things like that you have to worry about. And then after that, um, yeah, within six months, I, I was pregnant again with my second one. So, you know, so on, on one hand, right, having that intimacy and, and with, with, with my husband was good because we resulted, we, it resulted to a second child. But then after that, I realized the first two years after my, 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 my son, my second boy was born, it was very, very difficult because I was technically handling two babies. So um, sex has, in fact, became a chore. And I hated my body because I didn't have time to heal. So I, I look at I look at my entire body. I, I had this body image issue. In fact, I went I went through that. I look at my body. I was like, you know, I had this huge tummy. I don't know what to do. You know, I I, I can't I can't lose that weight. Um, I had stretch marks. I had loose skin, and I I went through a stage of self hating, self loathe, and then you know my, that affected my relationship with my husband as well. But after after the kids are a little bit older, I, I went and started to be able to to get into a routine of um, exercising. Yeah, then that that my my the you know the, the self love came back, and I was a, a, able to appreciate my body as a woman. That hey, you know this is quite amazing. I actually popped two kids out of my my body, and I carried two kids. And the changes, the hormonal changes that came with motherhood for me, um, in fact, a, I became a lot more sensitive. Right, sensitive to 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 touch. Uh, I'm more sensitive to my husband's emotions as well. So, how has that changed? I think I, for me as a woman, it actually for me uh, to I have a new sense of a renewed sense of self love, and uh, a renewed sense of uh, gratitude as well because I never thought I have two kids, and also um, a renewed intimacy because we realize that. It, the having children brought us closer together as a unit that we have to, no matter what, it actually binds us somehow, you know, that we are fully committed into this marriage and, you know, make it work for ourselves, for, for, our, for our children. Does that make sense? Yeah, so for you to be able to resume your sex life so soon after baby, it shows that you have a, you have a good body. That's a good thing. Yeah. So, so how about the challenges around like uh, privacy? You know, like finding time as a couple, um, being able to romance each other. Like you mentioned, Carol, that uh, you did have uh, time because of your in-laws. Uh, how about you, Felicia? For us, it's very straightforward in the sense we we, we just go out, so we can have uh, same thing because I stay with my in-laws. So my in-laws are always there. So in some sense, uh, I would meet my husband outside. <laughs> yeah, so that we can have a uh, alone time, a uh, couple time. So that's where we leave the child at home with the in-laws and we, we go out, we meet somewhere, uh, we meet somewhere. So that's the thing. So it helps, it helps to get away, uh, right? Sometimes we have to get away to chill off. But of course, yeah, sometimes like what Carol shared, we we worrying about the child. How is he doing? Is he crying? Can my in-law cope? Yeah, there are such questions. But also there are times where I tell us that, okay, for that few hours, he will survive, right? It's okay, you know? So, you know, just enjoy or go for dinner or go for, you know, just enjoy. So these are the, the little things like, that we do appreciate on and off. And especially be birthday all this week, we still make it a point that he take his leave. We have the half a day to ourselves and then subsequently the, the other half of the day with him involved. So that's where at least... We dedicate the time, right? So half a day to ourselves and half a day to the team involved. 
So then that's where we, we, we sort of have the balance distribution as well and also we really take care of ourselves. So for me, it's a, in, in, in a way, the other way around. After two, three years, when Titus is about two, three years old, for me, it's a, it became a very self-conscious, self-aware and self-image thing. Because I feel, I feel he start comparing with other moms. Then I feel like I have to dress up to live up to that kind of standards. Because, yeah, you know, when he starts going to child, uh, toddler, to school, and then he'll be like, oh, this mommy is like this. You are like this. Then give me that kind of look. Then I feel like, oh my gosh, I need to do something about it. You know, that kind of thing. That's where I decide, okay, I must dress properly. Don't be in always t-shirt shorts, you know, that kind of look. Then I have to dress well, uh, look better, cut my hair, be trimmed, be neat, that kind of thing. So that's where I, I, I see. La. So in, in that sense, he helped me to build a better me in that sense. Because obviously he 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 didn't say, but the expression seems to say so. So then of course he will say, la, oh, I like you in this, you know, or yeah, you look better now, that kind of thing. So that's where I, I see that he also appreciates. And that makes me want to, you know, have a, better self-awareness to take care of myself as well because I know that when mommy is in a better mood, um, looks better, I'm obviously also can take care of him better as well. So I think it helps. Lah. It helps for both of us. So we are in that sense encouraging each other to take care of ourselves better. Yep. Wow, that's so beautiful. Well, well I mean, for, for me, I... I... I just realized as, as Felicia was sharing, right? I you know, you, you have the luxury to go out and unfortunately over here I didn't have any help. Back in Germany I had. So, you know, um we, we learned how to be quiet. We learned how to be really quick. And now that the kids are a little bit older, on the weekends, you know, we were like, Hey, it's cartoon time. So we put that in front of the TV for a half an hour so that we can have that intimacy time together and and be as quickly and as quietly as possible to connect yeah going out um it's it's tough it's it's really tough for us it's it's usually the kids are always all around us but uh in fact at, at, they are at an age where they are taught uh, sexual education from school and then they will ask questions for example oh you know are your when when because sometimes when we have private discussion my husband and i will just hey you know we need to talk so we'll go into the room and they'll come knock on the door and say are you guys sexing so it's quite funny, <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. Besides not not having you know have having to to dedicate uh and even fix an appointment in our schedule in the past, or so we are a bit more free flow nowadays, and also are more open, you know, to talk to our kids about uh about sex. Yeah. So any suggestions uh to parents how they can navigate. Uh, sex education for their kids? Um, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I guess it's just you know, to be as honest as possible to, to tell them. Because my kids ask, you know, where do, you, where do I come from? And I remember growing up, my mom, my parents never gave me an answer. They're like, oh, you know, we, we, your parents get married and then my, my mommy had you in my stomach and then I gave birth to you. So, and I guess um, I was, I, I'm lucky because my husband is non-Asian and the, 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 the concept you know, of, of, of body, um, it is, or rather I would say that nudity and it, it, it's quite a, a normal thing you know, in, in Germany. So they, they, don't, they don't shy away to talk about um, topics like sex. 
and then even books for little young kids to learn with, with like graphic pictures, you know, of, of a man laying on top of a woman. And then to, to, to describe this is actually a sexual act. And that's how my, my, my kids learn from a book. And because of that, then uh, the father will deposit the sperm and then into the mother. And that's how babies are formed. So they, they actually go down the scientific route. So I was, I was spared from, from having to be able to, to, to tell them verbally what it is. I can, go, I can refer to the book. And so, but we, we, we did manage to, to tell the kids, you know, it has to be done. This is an act has to be done by two people who love each other. Know, and, and you know to want to have the child to, to have a child so that is how you come about you are a product of love so we will try to to to, to tell them that yeah and then my husband he surprisingly he's not the one who would be so open <laughs> about talking about about sexual education but he just he just nods and if the kids were to ask them about you know their, their body parts yeah and then he's he's very open to tell them about their body parts what they do yeah, and also things like uh, a woman's breast, okay, they, what they are meant for, you know, it's not sexual, um, you know, they are created by, 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 by God uh, to men to, to feed kids, it's actually a nurturing, because I, I, I breastfed my kids, so they, they have an, a natural affinity towards the breast. So yeah, that, that's, that's how we want to instill that um, body, body confidence in them, yeah. I think it's too too soon to really tell them about the the act and what we actually do, but I guess I'm I'm still learning. I'm still tr you know, fi trying to find out the best way to to educate them going forward. Mm. How about you, Felicia? I think for me, because my boy is only seven, he's still too young to really understand. So for him, it's more of understanding that we look different, like what uh, Carol shared. Even for us ladies, we have breasts. He don't he don't as in don't have in that sense. So he is just trying to understand why we look differently, you know, or why we act differently in that sense. So in in that way, I do explain and he, he knows that like, oh, no, ladies, we wear bra, the guys don't, that kind of thing. So yes, there are times that he notices the difference. So mm -hmm. for him, it's just very simple and purely to like, oh, you have to dress up and you have to, you know, get changed and, you know. So initially, it was like, uh, I need to get changed. Then he come out and he see, hey, you're still in the same t-shirt. Right? What do you mean you get changed? That kind of thing. Yeah, then subsequently, he knows, okay, it means wearing bra, that kind of thing. So that's where the difference comes in that he realized, okay. But now he's uh, starting to get aware that he, he, uh, I, I don't uh, undress in the public or stuff like that. So he's learning that, he's picking up that, which is good. Lah. So he, he uh, acknowledged that and he's learning in that sense, but not to that level yet. But I, I think it's progressing well like, in that sense. At least he knows. Uh, so, of course, we say, oh, the, the, the girls go to the toilet, you don't follow along, stuff like that. Then he starts to, to recognize the difference as well. And that's where he, he registered that. Like, because initially, because being too young, they also don't know why, why I can't go together, together, that kind of thing, like why we can't. So that was the issue that we are trying to let him to understand. The boy and the girl is just different. And we don't, you know, certain things we don't do together. Like, Hmm. That's nice. Okay, so as we come towards uh, the end, I would love for both of you to conclude with your advice for parents out there. Uh, whether it comes to the parenting, um, the pregnancy journey, uh, to parenting, to yeah, anything really. <laughs> 
well, I, I wouldn't say an advice. I would just say um, you know, a sharing of what I have observed and experienced throughout the past 10 years. Uh, I, I realized that I don't have to be perfect yeah, as a mom. Um, I always had, as I said before, prior to having kids, I always had this perfect, this granduose, uh, idea of what a mother should be you know I have to, I'll be this domestic goddess I look fantastic and that uh, I can whip out meals and you know my kids are always happy um, no it isn't the case and I've also realized that there's uh, there's no such thing as balancing motherhood and work the so-called balance is about making a choice know that when you choose your children then certain things, we will have less time for certain things. And also not to beat myself up constantly. Um, I, I'm, I'm a perfectionist and I, I always go through this whole cycle of, of beating up. So I also realize that going through this, it's, there, will, there will be days that they're good, there, there, there are days that they're bad. Then just not to take myself badly, not to beat myself up. And also, you know, it's, it's okay to say you're tired. It's okay to give in to, to your emotions and listen to your body. It's very important. And it's only now that I realize that when I'm tired, I tell my kids, look, I just need a 30 minutes power nap. I need you to be very quiet. Can you sit in front of TV for 30 minutes? In the past, I didn't dare to, and I tired myself out. And then in the end, I went through this whole vicious cycle of hitting myself, hitting my kids, hitting my husband. Yeah, and, it, and it's not worth it. Uh, for me, I think. Uh, for me, I think there's always a, a lot of advice from different mothers on what you should do, what you should not. But having said so, it's really developing your own and also working with your own child because every child is unique. So it's really working through even with your husband the communication between different parenting style as well because obviously he comes from different background too. So we need to manage a lot of expectation with the husband, with the child. And that's where I realized it is uh, also a unique, unique identity within the family yourself. So no family is the same, so to speak. And that's where we, we can learn from each other experiences. But how you, you know, want to adopt is really up to your own family, own individuals to, to really apply, apply. So that's where I realized uh, it's also working, doing what works, lah, right? You can adopt whatever practices, but it may may or may not work in your family. Then you, you, you re-strategize or you, you know, adjust along the way. Uh, it's also taking the cues from our children. That's where they tell us uh, why I don't do this, why I don't like this. Then, you know, how can we improvise? So I'm glad uh, after having my child, uh, whatever day happens, whatever, how bad the day can go wrong, a new day starts itself every day, right? A new day restarts everything. So I'm glad, lah. No matter how bad it is, you just tell yourself, "Breathe. Tomorrow is a brand new day. Tomorrow is a brand new start." And your child will forget everything yesterday. Never mind anyway. So you are still a good mom again. You know, there, there's no grudges. There's no grievances that you carry across in that sense. Because the child's memory, in that sense, is also quite short. So no matter what happens, I just tell myself, "Okay, tomorrow is a brand new day. It's a good start. We will restart everything again." So that's why I tell myself. And uh, I'm thankful uh, he is as well. Then he say, okay, yeah, mom, today is a very nice, beautiful day. Then we are like, you know, off to a, a new new routine, new journey. So, uh, which I agree also, don't beat yourself up because, uh, yeah, we have so many days ahead. 
right? Today is just one of the days, that's all. So you can always still work on it, improvise along the way. Uh, just enjoy, la, enjoy the journey also. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree and totally can relate. And also, um, uh, I also realized that now that Felicia brought up, right, every day is a brand new day. And it's also um, a lot of uh, self-love. We really de dedicate time to ourselves in order for us to center. I realized that sometimes waking up a little bit earlier and an hour earlier um, before the entire family to keep yourself grounded and set the, set the intention for the day, you know, set time to make ourselves look good. You know, what Felicia said, you know, like dressing up and it means like just putting on this makeup. I mean, I woke up early today to put on makeup for the show, you know, and it actually it improves my, my own... Um, my 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 own sense of of well being. I I you know I realize I'm dressing up not not for the camera but actually for myself. It actually makes me happier. So it's like it's I think it's very very important for for us moms to to take time for ourselves. You know, to pamper ourselves because if we are if we are empty we cannot give right. Yeah. Okay, I I so love what you are sharing. It's so real and relatable. Um, being able to accept who you are, um, that you're not perfect, asking for what you need, uh, creating space for yourself and uh, treating every day as a brand new day. So, you know, besides being mothers, of course, both of you are coaches. So I love for the audience to hear a little bit about what you do and uh, how they can, uh, you know, hire you. Can I go first, Felicia? Okay, I start first. Huh? <laughs> okay, so for me, I'm a fulfillment coach, which I comes from the background from after going through the whole cycle, like miscarriages, having my child and whatever not. Then I realized at the end of the day is to work on self. Like. What does fulfillment means to you? You know, what does a fulfilling life means to you as well? Then how do you really want to work towards your goal? And what is the mindset? that you are working with and how to even change your mindset in some sense if it is obstructing you from reaching your goal. So that's where I come from, the space to work with you in that sense, especially for moms or moms-to-be that they, you know, probably parenting or even um, having a child is their journey. Then we work with them uh, on little steps and how to really establish the kind of connections even with your husband to know that, hey, this is something that you want to go across it, uh, irregardless of what the culture, the family, other people can be telling you. And also working on your personal self first, because a lot of times it works on your self-doubt, right? Then you are questioning yourself, can you do it? You know, how to tell a husband this and that, uh, I don't want, I want, or stuff like that. So that's where then it asks, voice down to yourself and what you want to at the end of the day. And not just even with the not just with, even with the husband in the picture sometimes, so that you can really focus on your own self-care and self-love. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, whereas for me, you know, I'm a confidence coach, as uh, Martha has mentioned earlier in the show, that I help women to unleash their inner goddess. Well, um, it all stems from you know, not having a lot of confidence growing up as an as a, as a Asian girl. Right, having all sorts of different messages in my head, having different narratives. And I really want to change that. And building confidence is actually through building um, the mind and also the body, loving the image that's coming, staring back at you in the mirror. And I, I have, I have uh, this uh, women entrepreneur boot camp that I have that's coming up um, in, uh, in April as well as, as in August you know, to help women to, to look at how to actually transition from an employee to an employer, right? Being an entrepreneur, 
So um, it's about building that confidence of uh, having that, that mindset, knowing what, how do you market yourself, knowing how do you sell yourself and be, be confident in, in front of your audience that you, and, and, and your customer. So yeah, being confident is more, more than just you know, skin deep. It's about going in and building that inner confidence and, and that, that power, unleash your feminine power so that you can do anything that you want in life. So, you know, um, anybody who's actually keen about looking good, looking to rebuild confidence for, for your business, um, for your life, you know, just so to feel good about yourself, you can come and get con contact with me. My website is caroldocker.com. Great. Thank you so much. And uh, Felicia's uh, website is feliciajourney.com and also Facebook Felicia journey.com okay so uh so as for me uh i'm a sex relationship counselor and i actually reached out to felicia because i read her her story in the media and then we became friends over the years and for uh, carol uh, she reached out to me uh when i was running this facebook initiative and we got to know each other as well so it's basically drawing together like-minded people who are doing good good work and um, supporting one another. It can be a very lonely journey just doing your own work by yourself. And it's fun, you know, to see um, people in your life growing as well. So yeah, uh, you can uh, check out my website at eroscoaching.com. And um, the show itself is called Eros Evolution on Facebook and Instagram. So do subscribe to my mailing list so you never miss a thing. I, I am uh, sending out weekly emailers about uh, each episode. So do check it out. That's uh, eraoscoaching.com. And yeah, I've been doing what I'm doing for so long. And um, being uh, the challenges of becoming a mother is, is very real. Most of the people that I work with, they experience um, fatigue, tiredness. And so it's really important to take care of yourself, to know that you're not alone, to ask for the support that you need. Like, you know, Carol mentioned that she she didn't have that ability to do that for herself before. So it's really stepping into your power because if you're not okay, then everything else around you uh, is not going to work as well. So I really hope that um, all of you out there who are celebrating Mother's Day or not celebrating Mother's Day um, do... Uh, pat yourself on the back, whether you are a mother or a father uh, figure, and uh, give yourself more credit. It's It really takes a village to raise uh, children, and I hope you get all the support and all the blessings that you deserve. So, so yeah, um, thank you, Felicia and Carol, for being here. I, I really appreciate you, and it's nice to catch up in this way. <laughs> we have to meet in person. Mm. Uh, we, we do get very busy. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so that's end of this episode. And uh, next week, I have a very uh, special guest, uh, Felix, who is a very uh, famous uh, author in Singapore. So do stay tuned uh, next week and uh, hear what he has to say about the link with sexuality. <laughs>